0: We're not just going to start with a song. Why not? Because we've established that we do this little, like, thing where we talk at the beginning about, about how we don't have an intro. Well, <laughs> this is it. Watch on the process beginning
1: oh. to end. Talk and shop with your musical friends. Austin and Min. Austin and Min.
0: Austin and Min. Write a musical.
1: Hey, Austin. What, man? Guess what today is. What's today? Today is all about Austin Day. All
0: about me? <laughs> well, that's exciting.
1: Yeah, because last time we talked about, uh, since we're both so busy, we hardly have time to work on our show related to this podcast, yeah. Proxima, uh, so we thought, well, we could be sharing what are we working on in the meantime that's keeping us so busy and keeping us away from Proxima.
0: Yeah. Um, sure. Well, well, so, uh... Well, first, though. Oh, yeah.
1: Let's just hear from you. What have you been reading, watching, listening to, uh-huh. encountering, story-wise, yeah. like, media-wise? Well,
0: okay. Um, well, so, reading, I am, well, so I'm both reading a physical book of Ursula K. Le Guin stories, um... I don't know who that is. She's great. She's a uh, sci-fi writer. Uh Um, She died relatively recently. I think in the last year, maybe. Okay. Or uh, maybe two years ago now. But um, she's local, too. She grew up in Berkeley Hmm. and uh, I think then lived in Oregon for most of her life. So I guess... Depending on how you define local, she's not local to us. (laughs) Um, Sure. But uh, she wrote The Left Hand of Darkness uh, and a bunch of other stories. The Hainish, oh, uh, she invented the Hainish universe or whatever it's called. But, uh, oh, The Hainish Cycle, I think. But I found a really great collection of, like, all of her stories within this universe that she created. And I really like that universe. So, What about it? Um, you know, it's a little hard to say. I, she does, if I was going to analyze her writing, frankly, a lot of it is kind of boring. Like, she tells these stories about, like, what I really like the writing. Like, the prose is great uh, and really compelling. But, like, a lot of her plot is, and I really like plot in my storytelling. Like, advancing events. Um, and she doesn't really do that a lot. She's really into like small stories about people living simply. Hmm. Um, but then it's like couched in this universe where like space travel is possible at at light speed. Hmm. and she has this really great sense of magic like uh she does she's not a writer that goes into a whole lot of detail about like the function of magic or like how like the mechanics of it. But um, she somehow manages to really capture great magical moments. Mm. And she really knows how to bring it home in, like, the last 25 pages of a book. Oh. Um, Like, there's one of her books, Tehanu, is not in this universe. It's in her Wizards of Earthsea series. Um, But it's, like, basically just a story about a mom and a daughter, like, just sort of struggling to connect for, like... 200 pages and then the last like 25 pages all this stuff happens Mm. and while i was enjoying the first 200 i was like i don't know if i'm having a great time but then like the end of the book like a dragon shows up and it's just like oh this is amazing would you say that that it was built well on those first 200
1: pages yes yeah yeah. it kind of needed oh yeah like all of that build up
0: yeah well so like that's always a question i kind of have is like did I need all of that in order to yeah. feel so satisfied at the end? Um, yeah. And I think the answer might be yes. But um, anyway, so I'm reading... Uh, what I like about this collection that I found in a bookstore is that uh, it's got all the like weird short stories that are part of this universe that I haven't read before because I've read all the big novels, I think. Great. Um, What's the author's name again? Ursula K. Le Guin. Cool. Yeah. But then at the same time, I'm listening to the stormlight archive book book two by brendan sanderson or brandon sanderson <laughs> or something like that <laughs> just keep changing vowels yeah exactly brendan sanderson um and that's like a epic high fantasy thing uh-huh. um and i'm enjoying it too i'm listening to it as a book on tape because that was the easiest way for me to whoa 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 tape oh no i'm sorry uh, an an audio, a digital audio file. You had me concerned, yeah, or amazed that yeah.
1: you actually bought a book on tape. <laughs> no, um,
0: but uh, it's great. It's it's fun. It's very long, and similarly, like the chat. I think partly because it's being read to me, it's just like I get frustrated because I want to know what happens next, and yet I have to like wade through 30 minutes of mm. of some character's internal
1: dialogue. Do you think this, i just curious for my own sake, because I feel like this is true for me, do you think that might happen when in you are particularly busy in your own life and so it's like you wish things would move along faster or are you always like that?
0: I think I really, I, the way I consume story, like what I'm interested in stories is, is sequencing. <laughs> Like, I want a richness... What I want is to know the events and to know, like, why they matter. And I want to experience why they matter. Mm. So I'm not saying that I... I would not be satisfied by a story that was just, like, this happened, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened, and I don't, like, understand why why those moments are important to the characters. And I really enjoy, like, a, a living room drama where I just, like, see the the effect that we have on each other. But... I want to like see those moments happen in pretty Mm. succinct fashion. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in just like experiencing a family, like a slice of their life, a day in their life. Yeah, kind of an idea. It's fine, but it sounds boring. And what I want is like, I want to, I want you to establish what their life is, and then I want to see the change, and then I want to see the effect of that change, and then I want to like, I want to like move through it. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, which I think is why I like fantasy Uh because it's sort of cooked in, usually, but not always. And at the same time, like a lot of the sort of high-adventure stories are, one, not very well-written, and two, sort of like too much, just like, and then we found a sword, and then we cut this guy's head off, and then we went into this cave, and then we found a treasure. Um, Yeah, And it's not, like, that's, I mean, that can be fun, but also, I think, without much other things that can be pretty thin.
1: I'm going to veer us off a path onto another path. Yeah. Uh, where I've been thinking about that, the, the, and then this happened and then this happened, which is storytelling mm-hmm. and how that, because that is built into storytelling. Um, I don't know. Like when I think about other art forms in particular, visual art, mm-hmm. there isn't that sequencing needed, yeah. right? Like, you could put a splotch on a wall and it's about the splotch or it's about the feelings evoked or a memory or whatever the artist or the artist might not even need to be a part of the audience's experience. But when we're talking about story, it feels like that because it's linear, at least in our work that we're doing something live, it's like built in. huh. So to start to get experimental might veer into world's, like realms that feel kind of boring because yeah. there isn't really this linear sequence that you go, Oh, and then this episode of that I've always wrestled with that. Like, can I be more experimental or do I even want to be because I'm pretty linear in what I write?
0: Yeah. I well, know. so I think it's also interesting. I mean, like I think some people are really bored by traditional narrative. Yeah. yeah. And like some people really want just to to break that up and like that's where you get sort of performance art or just even just uh plays especially I mean like sort mm-hmm. of surrealist plays or things like that um where you're ex- participating in an experience that is not a traditional story as we as we think of it hmm. um a tale right um, right right but and so and so and that's great and I really uh I can really admire that art for me, it's a little bit like say, I don't know classical music or opera or things like that where I can like see the skill and see the craft and the art, but i it doesn't like trigger in me like oh my God, I am loving this kind of feeling sure, sure sure um, yeah. I mean every now and then it does, but it's just like not really my jam, but like right. my jam is like there. Like, I'm seeing this develop, and then I, a, a surprise or, like, a solution to a problem that I didn't see coming. Or, better yet, a solution to a problem that I, could, if I'd been forced to think of it, like, could have come up with. Like, oh, of course it's him that's going to show up. Yes. Or, like, of course uh, it's going to be the ring that's going to solve this problem. Yeah. It's um, that
1: thing of at, it at, at once being inevitable and surprising. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's,
0: like dopamine gold in my brain. <laughs> um, I'm, like, always chasing that high. Yeah. Um, but uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> I took us on a
1: more broadly... Oh, yeah.
0: Well, no, but I think that's really interesting. I mean, like, I... Um, and just talking about my writing and and what goes into it or whatever, like, that is... I think because I... Well, it's hard to say what came first. Like, I did a lot of improv in college, Mm -hmm. and not so much comedy improv, although that was, I guess, part of it, but, like, storytelling-based improv. Like, that was the goal, was to tell interesting... Like, uh, the sort of ideal situation is, like, you create a mini-play on stage without a script.
1: Like, long form.
0: Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Long form, and even in short form, like creating mini stories right actually building stories
1: rather than comedic situations
0: yeah and a big part of that was um like analyzing what like when you're stuck in a story or whatever like what are the ways to sort of get out of that yeah stickiness yeah. and so there's all these like tools and I, now that i've i did that for like four years all the time just like why wasn't that scene successful? Or why was that scene successful? Like, why was that twist satisfying? Or was that the right twist? Was that the best twist? I remember having this like big, uh, we did some long form show and one of the actors, like, I, I, it was the climax of the show and he had to reach into his pocket and pull something out. It was just like, that's what was needed. And you could see, we could all see in the group, like, he's trying to, Desperately, quickly come up with what it is, uh-huh. and he came up with something that was fine. But I, and I can't remember what it was. But like we were talking afterwards, and he was like, "It should have been the the thing from that first scene." Uh, and it was yeah. like, "Oh, we were," and we were all like, "Oh my god, it should have been." Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And so those kind of discussions yeah? I'm like having all the time. Um,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. So.
1: What are you working on?
0: Yeah, um, I've got a couple things coming down the pike, uh, but the most pressing one is probably ah. <laughs> <laughs> doing Would that before the show. Would you say
1: it's almost here?
0: Yeah, it is almost here. Uh, I'm working on uh, adapting the book "Press Here" and turning it into "Press Here" the musical. Um, and I'm not doing that alone. I'm doing it with my friend Andrew Quick, whose idea it was originally to do the adaptation. Um,
1: now, for our 27 listeners, I, that's my guess. I don't know who's listening to yeah. this.
0: Count, count off. Count off.
1: <laughs> um, how do you even start to uh, work on an existing children's book? How, what is that process? I, have, I already know the answer, but it's just for those who are listening. Sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, it depends on the book, to be honest. Um, some books have a narrative and have a clear set of characters and a clear... Oh, sorry. I was even talking, how do you even get the rights to, like, oh, yeah. start it yeah.
1: at all? Yeah. Because well, you, s- could, you could adapt something all you want, but until you actually are allowed to... Good
0: luck. <laughs> yeah well, so uh, it's basically um, figure out who the publisher is uh, and go to them and ask for permission to do so, uh, and they will probably come back with questions like, "Who are you?" and <laughs> uh, "Do you have a history of this and like what kind of contractor are you're looking for and um, like th- this is a thing that publishers do. Mm -hmm. So, um, they're probably familiar with the concept. Um, but then just like sort of working out a contract with them, it helps to have somebody who is advocating for you doing that. Which in your case, my
1: case, when we're working on something that exists in the, in the theater for young audiences world, it's been Bay Area Children's Theater, uh, uh, Nina Nina Meehan, Meehan. who is the executive artistic director.
0: Um, yeah. Just Uh, for anybody
1: out there who, if you're curious, if you wanted to adapt something yeah. By another author that exists, that is alive, mm-hmm. that's not in public domain. Um, yeah, finding a company or, you know, you could, like, as Austin said, try cold calling, cold emailing them, but it will be probably more difficult if yeah. they don't know who you are. Yes.
0: Yeah. Well, and that that's actually a thing that I would say in terms of working, If if anyone listening is interested in writing theater for young audiences shows... Like one, the industry, as far as I'm familiar with it, at least in the U.S., it might be different in Europe or Canada or outside the U.S., but um, it's hard to get shows, it's hard to get original work produced. If you are not doing an an adaptation, um, it's hard to get an original title done just because it's hard to sell. Mm -hmm. Um, Like people are more likely to come see shows that they are familiar with the book title. Yeah. Um, or the source material title or whatever. Um, and so, uh, and what I would say in terms of that is like, if you're sending your work to a children's theater company, um, it's like, if your work is an example of your work, they might be more likely to be more interested in, a, like an offer to adapt something on mm-hmm. their behalf. Um, like yeah. here's the kind of work I can do, this is what I sound like, here's my chops. Uh and if you have any like work that you're interested in commissioning, yeah. like if there's if there's a play out there that you wish existed that doesn't exist, um I'm your person to right. to write that for you.
1: And of course you could be doing something in the public domain that is pretty well known. Mm-hmm. Um so finding fairy tales folk tales those kinds of things mm-hmm. anyway back to you yeah <laughs> uh so press here yeah describe what so you said andrew quick started the conversation yeah what is that like working with him on developing this and what is what are the roles that you each
0: have yeah well so andrew is a clown and the book press here uh is a book that features dots and the reader interacts with the dots by pressing and shaking uh and that kind of thing and the dots change as you turn the page so like you press the yellow dot and it turns red on the next page and etc etc um and so andrew basically at a party was like i think this would be a great juggling show Mm -hmm. and i was like oh yeah that sounds good and then i was like you should tell nina and she'll start working on it (laughs) um and then Nina thought it was a great idea and then it was like, well it should be a musical and it was like, I'll write music. Well, Andrew was like, I don't do music. And I was like, um. I'll do music. Um and so uh we ostensibly are splitting like script and score kind of thing, mm-hmm. but in reality uh we're sort of just both doing stuff together. I will do like the music writing. Mm -hmm. Like the playing of the piano and the guitar and like the creation of the tracks and all that stuff. Um, And I think he, I shouldn't put words in his mouth, but I think he doesn't think that he can like help with the lyrics and stuff, but he's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, and then in terms of like the script writing, we've been sort of working closely together. It's a lot of his... Lotsies in the parlance of clowns, like uh, comedic I, bits. Please educate me because I don't even
1: know. Oh what yeah, that is.
0: I think it's Commedia dell'arte, but okay. like, there's, uh, like, a, like a simple lazzi would be like. I try to open the jar. I try really hard to open the jar. I try even harder to open the jar, uh-huh. and then I like wipe my brow and like set it down, and like a tiny child comes out and opens the jar really easily. Oh, I see. Um, so it's
1: like a, a a bit, yeah, but not like a small little bit, like an actual developed.
0: Yeah, I think the idea in Commedia was that like you should be able to if you know a bunch of these, uh, just if you just sort of have these. Uh, formulas memorized you can improvise using them and like everybody in the troop would know exactly what you were doing like oh oh god that was my wife dropping something (laughs) Um, I think I think she's okay we didn't hear anything else so she's either fine or not really not okay oh I just heard heard an acknowledgement of well being everybody she's fine yeah um, but, um the oh, yeah, lotss, so anyway, so he's so he is being a very talented and experienced clown, has a bunch of these sort of in his uh-huh. back pocket, or well, that's probably making it sound easier than it is. He's been developing a lot of these ideas, he's trained, yes, yeah, um, and um, so it's fun working with him because we'll be like sitting there writing at this point, sort of first draft. Uh, We're past outline, we're into like first draft stuff, but we'll like hit a snag or whatever and we'll be like, we need something, something to do here. And he'll be like, oh, we could do this. Um, and so in that way it's kind of fun, like music, like I, I do that with music Mm -hmm. too. So it's like, well, what's this? Like there's a song, like this feels like it's a song. It's like, oh yeah, well it could be something like this. Mm. Um, so it's been really fun. We're still very much in the rough stages. Um. The other part that's going to be interesting and challenging musically is the goal of the book ends with a, um instruction to start again. Oh. <laughs> so we're going to try to structure the show such that the first act is the full show, and then the second act starts at the beginning of the first act and uh-huh. runs through twice as fast. Interesting. And then uh, without a break, we'll reset and do it a third time, like four times as fast or whatever. Oh, cool. So I need to try to write songs that can be replayed at probably increased tempos and won't be annoying and, and can be sort of lyrically need to be able to like function the first act saying one thing Uh and then ideally keeping them the same words, but meaning something slightly different the second time through. Um, And then I'm sort of struggling with the idea of, like, the main theme of the show is just that these dots are mischievous and we're, like, trying to keep them in line. Mm. And that is one song. Uh And I need, like, currently all of the song slots are, like, and then there'll be another one like that. And it's, like, (laughs) that's not sustainable. So I have, like, those beats. And then there's a, it needs to be crazy, crazy, crazy. And then, like, sort of a reset. And then, like, a... Like an emotional moment, like a lullaby or something like that, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Um, And then a finale, and then a back to the beginning kind of thing. Gotcha. Um, So, uh,
1: because what we were talking about earlier as far as story, mm -hmm. uh, and you've actually written now a string of shows where the original book may not have had much of a plot, like it was more of a concept book Mm -hmm. or a picture book. And you kind of had to infuse that. This sounds different. Is that correct? That you're not exactly infusing a plot.
0: Or are you? Am I? Well, so that's one of the things is like, so uh, this, so basically the way I've described it in the past is like, you sort of want to give the source material something that isn't is necessarily there. Mm-hmm. So like, because um, the book is usually a pretty complete thing on its yeah, own. Yeah. And so you don't just... And, like, one way to put the book on stage would be to stand on stage and read the book. Sure. Um, But so, like, giving something life, in some sense, is like putting on costumes and being the characters and just sort of, like, acting out the events of the book on stage. But usually these books are pretty short. Um, If they weren't, like, if it was a long story, you're trying to pare it down to what the essence is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But if it's a short story... You don't want to, like, add content for just to fill it, but you want to, like, <laughs> like not, you don't want to, like, pad it no, with, I know. with uh, extra stuff. But you want to, like, now that we're real people on stage really doing this stuff, like, w- there's a lot in a book that is left to your imagination. Yes. Um, and you want to, like, experience those things. So if a character has a crisis in a book that might be one sentence but it's like, we want to see that Mm -hmm. and that might be a song or Mm -hmm. it might be a scene or it might just be like watching them feel that for a minute or two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so in that case, so in, in books with like sort of simple plots or whatever, it's like, you kind of want to find out what's complicated about it and like explore that and, and, and enjoy that. Mm -hmm. Um, and in these books that don't have plots per se, um, Press Here has a sequence of events. Yes. So the challenge there is, like, contextualizing that. Like, what... Why are these events happening? And especially Press Here, like, the, the experience of reading the book is, is the book. Mm-hmm. So, like, how can we elaborate on that? How can we make the experience of watching the play the play? Yeah. Um... And so, like, we'll need to have interactive elements, and how can we make those interactive elements surprising and organic each time, while still making it not an improv show? Yeah. Like, making it, like, music makes it really fixed, especially since we're doing the music to tracks. Yep. So it's like, we need to get in and out of these scenes while hitting these songs on specific beats. Yeah. Um, And so, and then, on top of that, like, talking about plot or whatever, it's like, we want to see the characters change over the show, and um, so in this case if it's if the dots if we're setting up events to be the, exactly the same each time just faster, it's like what we need to see is like what is the effect that that is having on the characters going through it so are the dots actually actors? the dots will be actors oh okay yeah, the sort so like said. so one sort of way to to sort of complicate that is like they're going to start as objects mm. like balls that get juggled or discs that get thrown or something like that. And then at some point they're going to sort of emerge as giant, like, mm-hmm. um, puff, like people in giant blow up suits kind of things, uh-huh. And then there'll be people in monochromatic people clothes. Uh-huh. And then like a more, Naturalistic outfit of normal clothes that is suggestive, of so they're evolving yeah through the course of the show as well, yeah, exactly, and then to sort of reset so in like in that way, and that's sort of a pulling them off the page kind of thing, yeah, like I don't know if we'll really start from two dimensional and go to three dimensional, but like um conceptual to right personal, yeah kind of yeah, thing. yeah that's uh, awesome,
1: yeah. And where are you right now, in the process?
0: Uh, right now, we have a draft. What we call our—it's a first draft, but we—it's like a bad draft, like a like a. <laughs> we know this is bad, but we're getting it down, yes. kind of thing. Um, and I don't have songs yet. I have song ideas and like little, like this little old mom pop dot chap. And like something like that, kind of thing, Mm -hmm. like, and we've workshopped it. We've workshopped that, with for like a one day thing, like Mm -hmm. get in a room and like read through the script, the bad script as it is, see if the jokes, if we're on the right track at all, um, which I think we are. It feels like a show, like the rhythm of everything feels Mm -hmm. correct, and then, um, and then we, I just need to like, we need to sit and write it. Um, (laughs) but, um, yeah, so we've, we've got a script and it's just full of like, and then this song will happen here. Yeah. And I, the next step for me, like, I think later this week, I, I'm just going to sit with a guitar and a computer and just like strum some stuff out and see if I can come up with concept, like more, more realized song concepts. Mm -hmm. So... I start with, I start with lyrics usually. So like figuring out what the thesis of a song is, and I say that, but I mean, what I mean is I'm not like writing lyrics without playing an instrument. I'm like sitting with an instrument, and trying to come up with what the song is about, and then coming up with a word or a phrase that I can put a little music to, Mm -hmm. and then sort of constructing the song off of that thing.
1: Where does this show sit, like, musical style-wise?
0: I think pretty music, like, sort of class, golden age of musicals kind of thing. Like, a little jazzy. But I think a little more electronic, maybe. Like, mm-hmm. a little more beep-boopy than, like, <laughs> acoustic instrument, if uh-huh. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I kind of still need to find that. I mean, it's, it's a little cartoony. Mm-hmm. which i think is also where that jazz thing is coming from cuz a lot of like the cartoon orchestra stuff is pretty jazzy mm. um and just i think just sort of beat boopy to like keep it keep it sort of current mm-hmm. um and a little more magical in a way mm-hmm. um just cuz uh the the electronic element adds a little like a naturalness to the mm-hmm. sound um but we'll see we'll see where it comes out i uh the thing that i is both a strength and a weakness of my songwriting is i have a hard time writing music for a show that feels like it's all one show like I, i'm very much a genre like each song that i write uh, it oh, help, it going help. into different genres for each song. Yeah, it yeah. like really helps me write the song if I'm like placing it in a in a type. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I usually have to start there and like try to sort of claw my way back towards unifying the mm. the songs in a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah,
1: cool. Anything else you want to just share off the top of your head?
0: Oh, I don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Awesome.
1: Well, so that's what's keeping Austin busy.
0: Yeah. And next time, I think we're going to ask Min about what's keeping him busy. It's
1: all about Austin, and now it'll be much minding Min. I don't know. There's no alliteration. (laughs) All about Min next time. Okay. All All about Min. See ya. Amwem is produced by Austin Zumbro and Min Kong, theme song composed by Austin Zumbro, performed by Austin Zumbro and Min Kong, logo designed by Melissa Nigro. If you like our podcast, leave us a review and subscribe.